Hey, this is Kyle Poppino. I'm the pastor of Legacy Church, and this is our podcast. I wanted to thank you for joining us today. I hope this encourages you and helps you experience what God is doing in your life. Enjoy the message. How many would say that God has given them a dream or a vision for their life? Awesome. Let me ask you this, though. Here's the follow-up question. Do you have a set of values that will sustain the weight of that? Do you have a set of values that you are living by every single day to make sure that that dream or vision comes to pass? So you have the clouds, that's the dream, but then you have to be actively involved in the dirt. That's the day-to-day, the minutia, the, the, the super practical stuff. Are your hands dirty with the work of what God wants you to be doing? That's what we're going to be diving into over the next five weeks, and I am so excited because you're going to get to hear for the first time from Pastor Phil. Uh, we also have a couple of I just believe you need to be here each week. Can I just say that? I, I, it's not selfish, I promise. Uh, it's not because I'm writing messages and preparing for you. It's because I believe God has something to say to each one of us. Yes. Come on. So the clouds mean the work of the dirt. But the dirt means the hope of the clouds. See, if the clouds don't have values to sustain them, if you don't have a set of values that you're living by, you're really kind of just doing nothing. So you're never going to get to that vision that God has called you to. But then likewise, if you're just working and you don't have a vision, it's going to get very routine. It's going to get very boring very quickly. And so I just want to encourage all of us, um, as we go through this sermon series, be praying. Ask God, if you don't know what the vision is that he has for your life, ask God. And I, I believe he'll reveal it. It may take some time. It may look different than you thought it did. But I really do believe he, he will answer when we call if you're, uh, you're going to have your Bibles open, we're going to be turning to Genesis chapter 37. If you don't have your Bibles, uh, feel free to pull out your phones. Download the version app. We're going to be doing some work with them and, and trying to figure out how to get our notes and stuff on there. Uh, but we're just really excited about what God is going to speak today. So Genesis 37, uh, verse 5. Father, I pray that you help me communicate this past any ability that I have. And Father, would your words be spoken? We honor you. We love you. Amen. Genesis 37, 5 through 7. There, uh, just a quick heads up. Like, uh, there's going to be a ton of scripture today. So bolt it with me. It's going to be okay. Um, I heard one comment last week. You only use one scripture. And I was like, yes. Stick around for next week. <clears throat> Here we go. We've got a marathon run today. Genesis 37, 5. One night, Joseph had a dream. And when he told his brothers about it, they hated him more than ever. I just love it when scripture is... Encouraging and uplifting in the morning, don't you? She <laughs> says he, they hated him even more, which kind of prefaces that they hated him before this. Because, see, Joseph was his father's favorite. And so he was kind of like that, that one that always ran to mommy and daddy and, and got what he wanted. Uh, the rest of them had to work out in the fields. We have one of these in my family. We won't, um, you know, call her out, but she is the youngest. <laughs> Listen to this dream, he said. We were out in the field, tying up bundles of grain, and suddenly... My bundle stood up, and your bundles all gathered around and bowed before mine. Look, if God gives you a dream for your life, and it revolves around someone coming around and bowing down to you, maybe you don't want to tell those people right away. Uh, that's not the quickest way to, to get friends. That's not the quickest way to keep friends. But I just want to give a little bit of context. And if you are taking notes, which, by the way, I encourage you to take notes. And you're not going to offend me by having your notes app out. Please feel free to do that. God's going to speak something to you today, and, and you need to be ready for it. But Joseph had a vision, 
And then he told his brothers immediately after. It was like he couldn't wait to get out into the field to tell his brothers that you're going to bow down to me. That was my dream. I had a dream that I'm better than all of you suckers. And they're all thinking, we already knew this. You don't have to dream this. This is real life. But what I, I want to draw attention to is, is watch out who you tell your visions to. Not everything that God speaks to your heart is for everybody. Some things he's just going to speak to your heart for you. Some things he's going to speak to your heart and it's going to carry you through a dry season. When you just feel like you're working in the dirt, doing nothing, you've got no, no, nowhere to go. They, they might be given to you in private or they might be given to you here, but I would say this, just be careful because they're not for everybody to hear all the time. His brothers hated him and threw him into a pit. So I don't want to read the entire story. If you have a chance, go read the entire story of Joseph. It's an incredible story. And he's, a, he's an awesome person to look at when we talk about clouds and dirt because he had a vision that was given to him early in life. And yet he had a set of, of values that got him there over the course of many, many years. But his brothers, in case you didn't know, hated him. They threw him into a pit to die. And then they thought, you know what, let's go a step further. What if we just sold him to that caravan? So they hated him so much they wanted to kill him. But then they thought, well, we'd just rather have money than our brothers. So let's sell him off. But then in God's divine providence, he was bought by one of the royal guards from Potiphar's house to go look over um, everything. So we, we pick up then again in Genesis chapter 39. Like I said, we're, we're going to be all over the place. Genesis 39, verse 2 says, the Lord was with Joseph. <laughs> This is after he was already in Potiphar's house. He'd been sold, he'd been uh, bought, and now he's working his day to day. And since the Lord was with Joseph, he succeeded in everything he did as he served in the home of his Egyptian master. Potiphar noticed this and realized that the Lord was with Joseph. Isn't that just like the Lord? Like when you're doing what he called you to do, other people will notice and they will be drawn to you. Please make no mistake about it. This is not so that you get more Instagram famous. This is so that God gets more glory. Amen. This pleased Potiphar, so he soon made Joseph his personal assistant. He put him in charge of his entire household and everything he owned. From the day Joseph was put in charge of his master's household and property, the Lord began to bless Potiphar's household for Joseph's sake. Wouldn't it be cool if wherever we worked... Whether that was healthcare or tech or just studying for finals, mm -hmm. that people around us were blessed from our sake. God wants to bless people through you. See, that's what our entire vision statement is about. Experience what God can do through you. It's not just what God can do to you or for you. It's what God wants to do in you and through you. That's the way that a legacy is born. All his household affairs ran smoothly, and his crops and livestock flourished. So Potiphar gave Joseph complete administrative responsibility over everything that he owned. With Joseph there, he didn't worry about a thing, except what kind of food to eat. What a dream that you would have this right-hand man that you could trust with your entire life. The only thing he had to worry about was what am I going to have on my double-double for lunch? The only thing he had to worry about was nothing except what's coming next for my stomach. Everything he touched flourished. Isn't it interesting that God found it important to put that in? Because when you are living 
in your God-designed vision, everything you touch will flourish. Now, that doesn't mean that this is the prosperity gospel and you're going to be given, you know, a, a Cadillac next week. What this does mean is God's going to use you in some pretty powerful ways to bless other people. Then it, said, uh, then it goes on, I won't read this part, but he gets accused of rape in Potiphar's house. In fact, he's running away and she grabbed his coat for proof. Then he is thrown in prison, found guilty, even though he didn't do anything. He just kept running. I'm sure there's a sermon in there somewhere that if you run from temptation, eventually you'll outrun it. God's on your side. But in prison, he was given the gift of interpretation of dreams, and he told his cellmates, the baker and the cupbearer, what their dreams meant. They each had a dream and brought it to him, and he said, well, I don't, I don't interpret dreams, but my God does. So let me ask him. Let me see if, if he's got a word for us. So then he gives them the, the meanings to their dreams. One person dies. The other person gets to go serve back in the king's courts. And, and Joe kind of takes a, a stab in the dark and says, hey, will you tell the king that I'm in here? Like, don't forget what I did for you. Make sure that when the king has a dream, you call me. But let's, let's, let's see if this could be a mutually beneficial relationship where you can get me about here. But then he was neglected for two years. Still faithful, but then he got to see Pharaoh. There was a two-year sin where all he could do was sit in a cell. I don't personally know what that's like. But I can tell you this, it would be hard to keep the vision that I saw as a kid in my head while I'm sitting with no hope of getting out. Because don't forget, the dirt is the hope of the clouds. You have to have that vision that keeps you going, but somehow it did. Somehow God brought him out of that, and, and he gets to go before Pharaoh. So we're going to pick back up in Genesis uh, 41. <clears throat> Pardon me. Genesis 41, 37. Joseph's suggestions were received well by Pharaoh. So Pharaoh had these dreams where basically the, the prophecy is this. You're going to have seven incredible years. You're going to have seven years to store up as much as you can. You're going to be blessed. And then you're going to have seven years that aren't so great. In fact, a lot of other people are going to die. But if you will store up during the seven, you'll make it through the week seven. Uh, so Pharaoh asked his officials, can we find anyone else like this man so obviously filled with the spirit of God? It's funny that... It doesn't say Pharaoh was a Christ follower. It doesn't say that Pharaoh had a relationship with God, yet he recognized the touch of God in someone's life. And that's the way it's going to be for us. You're going to be going about your day-to-day, -day, and God's going to recognize, or people are going to recognize God's touch on your life. Yes. Then like this man, so uh, then Pharaoh said to Joseph, since God has revealed the meaning of this dream to you, clearly no one else is, in, is as intelligent or wise as you are. You will be in charge of my court and all of my people will take orders from you. Only I, sitting on my throne, will have a higher rank than yours. Pharaoh said to Joseph, I hereby put you in charge of the entire land of Egypt. And Pharaoh removed his signet ring from his hand and placed it on Joseph's finger. He dressed him in fine linen and clothing, hung a gold chain around his neck. I mean, this dude was dripping. <laughs> we saw this actually in, in a parable that Jesus told once 
of a father who lavishly gives to his son who has squandered everything. Yet, that's the story of redemption. This is a story of faithfulness. God's going to do the same for you. You don't have to go out of the fold. You don't have to go squander everything. You can just stay in the fold and be faithful, and God's going to still bless you. He doesn't just bless the ones who come back after doing something messed up. He actually honors those who honor him. Then he had Joseph ride in the chariot reserved for his second in command. And wherever Joseph went, the command was shouted, kneel down. So Pharaoh put Joseph in charge of all of Egypt. And Pharaoh said to him, I am Pharaoh, but no one will lift a hand or foot in the entire land without your approval. Isn't this interesting that over the course of, let's say, 15, 20 years, he had a dream in the clouds while he was chilling with his brothers. And then he gets sold, bought, worked well, he was faithful, then put in prison wrongfully, forgotten about, neglected. And then finally, the dream comes to pass. But what's really interesting is the dream didn't look the same way that he thought it would. See, in the dream, it was a, a bushel of wheat or a, a bundle of grain that just stood up. Everything else bowed down to him. So he thought, that's me now. I can stand up. This is me. And everybody bowed down. But the reality was God had something so much larger in, in store for him. And I just want to encourage you, whatever your vision is for your life, whatever the, let me say it this way, whatever God's vision is for your life, it's not going to look the same as what you think it looks like right now. Yep. It's going to change, it's going to evolve, it's going to grow, and God's going to do some crazy, special things in, in our lives. I love that he was found to be wise and eventually placed all over Egypt. Um, I started reading a book this week. I was talking with my, my mom and dad, and I shared with them, I'm like, hey, I'm a half a chapter into this thing, and it is amazing. Um, uh, if you want to know the, the title of the book, I'll tell you later, because it's not something that I can endorse specifically, but it's a, it's, it's a dive into the relationship between millennials and boomers. The youngins and the olders. And it's really taking back the term elder. That we as a, as a community, we as, as a generation have cast away anything that looks like wisdom. Because wisdom comes with gray hairs. And I just wonder what it would be like if this church, starting right now, just welcomed wisdom. By welcoming those who are older than us, by actually seeking them out. And I'll, I'll, I'll charge you with this. If you're under the age of 30... You need to be meeting regularly with someone over the age of 60. You need their input in your life. You need their experience and their wisdom. In fact, when we started praying about God, how do you, how do you want us to start Legacy Church? He said, I want you to take the wisdom and experience of the older generations and mix it with the energy and the passion of the youngers. And I said, well, God, that's, that's the dream, but like, is that reality? Can we really make that work? And I just want to encourage you, if both sides approach the conversation with humility, it is possible. That's not in my notes. That was completely for free. You're welcome. <laughs> Chase out wisdom. See, he, it says he was found to be wise and then put in place. 
Wisdom makes it possible for you to be put in place. Joseph is the perfect example of why we live with our heads in the clouds, but our feet and hands in the dirt. We get to see the visions that God has for us, but we also have to execute daily on those visions. See, Joseph had a vision not of himself, but it was from God. It sounded self-centered because it was coming from somebody who was not yet wise. It sounded like, look at me, look at me, because it was coming from potentially a teenager. And anytime a teenager says, you're going to bow before me, I probably won't spend a lot of time with that teenager. I'm just going to be honest with you. But check this out. In order to get to where he was going, Joseph had to live by a certain set of values. And here were some of the values. Integrity. Are you living your life with integrity? Are you the same person behind a closed door as you are when you're with all of your friends? Honoring people, honoring opportunities. Do you honor those who are above you? Do you honor those who are below you? See, I believe this. Uh, we were talking with some of the interns this week, and, and this kind of came up. I believe that one of the most incredible displays of power is when you honor someone lower than you. When you will honor people, and then when you honor the opportunities. See, again, I'm not going through the entire story of Joseph with you today, but there were so many times that he had an opportunity and he took it. There were so many times where he could have gone out of his way and not served his master to the degree that we hear in Scripture. He could have taken some time off. He could have slacked off just a little bit and let one room that nobody ever goes in in this place get a little dirty. But he didn't. He honored every opportunity to serve. He was faithful to what he was called to do in every given season. So when he was a farmer's son, he honored that opportunity. He cut meat with his brothers. The brother didn't like it very much, but he still did it. He still honored the opportunity. When he had the opportunity to interpret dreams, he honored the opportunity. When he had the opportunity to, to stand before Pharaoh, and serve him in that way, he, he did that. And then check it out, it says that he sought out wisdom from God himself. We see this when, when he, he goes to interpret the dreams. He says, I can't do this. But I know someone who can. Hold on, let me talk to him real quick. And God showed him something in the beginning of his life that came to pass much later and looked much different than he thought it would. But it was also much larger than he ever thought it would be. So I want, I want you to understand this. God's vision for your life will always bring Him glory. His vision for your life is not that you get rich. It is, his vision for your life is that He has brought more glory through you. Yes. If you don't have a vision for your future, though, it's likely you'll go back to your past. So I want you to start right now and, and begin to pray and say, God, what is your vision for my life? What are you trying to speak to me? What do I need to be doing in, in my classes? What do I need to be doing at work, in my family, at home? Like Whatever the context is, put yourself in it and begin to ask him. I believe he'll give it to you. Our church's vision is for every person to experience what God can do through them. Our mission is to see people far from God raised to life in Christ. Please, please, please don't make this a house where we only bring our Christian friends. 
If you, if you have someone in your sphere of influence, that's the way we've been saying it, it's, it's the people that you know at work, home, your wife, like all of your friends, your sphere of influence who does not know Jesus, they need to come with you next week. I've made this promise before and I will keep making it. There will always be an opportunity for salvation every single week here. Because we want people to get saved every single week. That's what we are about. That's our mission. That's our clouds. But then we have a set of values that we live by. And our values are lead with love. They actually spell out the word legacy. I was telling the essentials class, it's not because we're narcissistic. It's just we actually, it's a lot easier to remember this way. L is lead with love. E, expect the miraculous. G, give extravagantly. A, show compassion. Actively show compassion. C, celebrate community. And then why? What is our why? We yield to the Spirit. We yield to the Holy Spirit. Whatever He wants to do in our lives, whatever His vision is, that's what we want more than anything else. I love this. Paul, um, I won't drag you to this, but he had a vision too, and immediately executed on it. In Acts chapter 16, it says that night Paul had a vision. A man from Macedonia, northern Greece, uh, was standing there pleading with him, come over to Macedonia to help us. And Luke writes, so we decided to leave for Macedonia at once. When God gives you a vision, I want to encourage you, begin to execute on it immediately. But in the meantime, grow a set of values that you can actually sustain the weight of that call with. Because it's going to come to a point where you're going to feel like, man, I have nothing left to give. But if you have that set of values, that, that rock bottom, so to speak, if that rock bottom is, is centered on Christ, that's a beautiful place to be. <laughs> when Levi was born, um, I was very tired. <laughs> I can only imagine what my wife was going through. <clears throat> but I remember on the, on the third, fourth, it would have been the fourth day, Brittany had been re-hospitalized after coming home, uh, just some complications. The fourth day, I remember coming home with Levi, changing him. I took a shower real quick and was going to go back to the hospital to see Brittany. And I remember being on the phone with my mom, and I was in tears because I was just a complete wreck. I hadn't got much sleep, but there was just a lot of emotion around Levi's birth that I didn't ever anticipate coming into play. And I remember making a comment to my mom that over the last four days, I've gotten to the bottom of myself. And I had to apologize to God because I said, God, I'm sorry, I got to the bottom of myself and there's not more of you here. And so every day since, I have made sure that I have invested in my relationship with Christ. I want to encourage you every single day to make an investment into your relationship with Christ. Have that set of values. And maybe you start modeling it after Joseph. That's a great place to start. Integrity is a beautiful place for the Christian life to be uh, held from. But the reward for executing on God's vision in your life is a generational blessing. You might even call it a legacy. It's a generational blessing. See, the end of this story is Joseph, Joseph comes uh, to this, this throne room where his brothers have come and gathered. His brothers are coming before him and saying, we need help. Our father is dying. We need food. Can you please help us? We're not from Egypt. We're from somewhere else. And they don't recognize him immediately. 
And that's a really awkward situation to have because they thought he was dead. He knew exactly who they were, and he kind of messes with them for a little bit. Please, go back and read the story. The Bible is both hilarious and intense. <laughs> so they, they come and beg for him, and it says they're down on one knee, and all of a sudden, Joseph realizes the weight of what is happening. He's realizing that the call that God gave him as a child is now coming to pass, that all of his brothers are now bowing before him. And what does he do? It says he gets down on their level and lifts them up and says, I have what you need, but I'm your brother. You need to know that I'm your brother. It's a generational blessing. And then guess what? They bring the whole family. The whole family is sustained by that vision that God gave Pharaoh. See, when God gives you a vision, he will sustain generations with it. I really believe this, guys. If we will dedicate ourselves to finding out what God wants us to do individually and as a church, it's going to impact not just these couple of blocks, not just the city of Tustin. It's going to impact everywhere we go. I really believe that if we will dedicate ourselves to living in the clouds but working in the dirt, we're going to be, we're going to be set up for life. That God's going to do something meaningful and precious through through all that we are doing. So my question to you, my action step is, is what are the values that you're going to live by to experience the vision that God has for your life? <clears throat> I charged you earlier to take notes. I would say this, write a note on your phone. Make a note of values that you're going to live by. Make sure they all line up with Scripture. In fact, I'll say this, don't do anything that's not Look for the values that Jesus tells us to live by. I don't know, maybe start with the fruit of the Spirit. If you don't know where that is, Google it. It's there. Maybe start with asking God, if I surrender to you, what can you do through me? Write them down. Do you know what God's vision for your life is? I'm going to help you out. I don't know all the nitty gritty, but his main goal for your life is this. He wants you to be you the way he would be you. It's going to take a lot of turns. It's going to take a lot of different uh, approaches, but he's going to do something through you. But what if you don't have a relationship with God? What if you don't have a set of values yet. Today's your lucky day because you've got an opportunity to meet the guy we've been talking about. And I'm not going to bring him out on stage. I'm actually going to allow you to ask him to come into your life. I believe that when Jesus left earth, he sent the Holy Spirit to live inside us. We believe in the Holy Spirit. We believe in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. We believe in living a Spirit-empowered life. But He does have a vision for your life, and He does have a set of values that He wants you to live by. But the first step is inviting Him into your heart. That's the first step. The second step is to find out what that vision is. Now, I'll even invite you to this. Each Sunday morning now at 9 o'clock, we have our essentials class. We had it this morning. Anybody in essentials? Can you raise your hand this morning? Yes. It was a lot of fun. We 
try to make it not boring. We try to make church not boring. But I don't want to do it at the expense of watering down the gospel. God's going to do some crazy things. The essentials class simply helps you find out some of those things that are already going on. See, when, when, when he made you, he gave you a personality. It's one of the few things that he, he redeems. He doesn't necessarily just like get rid of everything. He actually keeps your personality. He gave it to you in the first place. He wants to redeem it and use it for his kingdom. So we want to we help you understand your personality a little bit better. And then he gave you a set of spiritual gifts. These things that you have like a natural propensity towards. I was telling them this morning, I love working with my hands. I love building things. Even if it's Legos. I can't wait till Levi's big enough to play with Legos, by the way. I am totally geeking out over that. But when you work in your spiritual giftings and you match it with this personality that you have, there's a sweet spot where you're going to be able to find a place to serve. And I don't just mean here at Legacy Church. I mean in your work environment. You're going to have new insights into what's going on at work. My wife works for uh, an investment firm in Irvine. And it's been really cool the last six months to see her pastoral heart for her team at work. Because you wouldn't ever think about stepping into the office in a corporate setting and being the pastor of the office. But that's what she's done. She's having deep and meaningful conversations with each one of her coworkers where she's able to encourage them and love on them. So what does that look like for you? If you'll give us four weeks, we'll help you discover that. We'll help you develop those gifts and then we'll figure out a place where you can get involved in kingdom ministry. But again, the first step is this. Invite Jesus in your heart. Thank you for joining us. And special thanks to those of you who give generously to this ministry. It's because of you that this ministry is possible. You can click the link in the description below to give now, or you can go to LegacyChurch.online for more information. And if you enjoyed the podcast, you can subscribe, share it with your friends, take a screenshot, share it on your social stories, and tag us at Legacy Church Tustin. Thanks again for listening. God bless.